0: The left is crying crocodile tears over fake incitements to violence. Meanwhile, leftists repeatedly commit actual violence against conservatives, including little old me during a campus lecture last Thursday. We will expose the left's sham grievance games from Elon Omar to Nancy Pelosi. I'm Michael Knowles, and this is The Michael Knowles Show. You never really want to be the story. I guess it makes show preparation a little bit easier, but we will talk about this because it it fits into a broader story on left-wing violence and incitements to violence, because when I was giving a speech at the University of Missouri-Kansas City last week, some leftist wacko tried to attack me. We'll get to that in a second, but first, do you ever buy something online only to find out later you missed a discount? I don't overspend anymore thanks to Honey. Honey is a free browser add-on that finds me the best deals online. I have been using Honey since long before the Daily Wire existed. I have been telling people to get it. It has saved me like thousands of dollars. It magically auto-applies the best deal to my card at checkout. Honey finds discounts and coupons across 37,000 sites. With Honey, I don't worry about missing a deal. I just shop like normal. Honey handles the rest. I use it truly for everything I buy. The last thing I bought was uh, watch straps. I wanted new watch straps. So I, I just anything, I mean, even something as trivial as that honey will find you the best deals on, but I've been using it for years. I've been using it for everything. It'd be, it'd be easier to point out what I haven't used honey to buy. Honey members, have already saved more than 800 million bucks. It's not bad for something that is completely free. It takes just two clicks to install. Honey has over 100,000 five-star reviews on the Google Chrome store. There is no reason not to use Honey. It is free money. It is free to use. It's free to install on your computer in just two clicks. Shop with confidence. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash covfefe, That's joinhoney.com slash Covfefe, C-O-V-F-E-F-E, Honey, the smart shopping assistant that saves you time and money when you're shopping online. We'll get to left-wing violence in a second, and a history of violence, but I guess on the same topic, we're getting breaking news now. The cathedral, Notre Dame, is on fire, and it's not just a little fire. It is a fire that is engulfing the whole thing. We don't yet have word as to whether this was caused by a terrorist attack or whether it was just an accident. I know they're doing renovation on the cathedral. It looks as though one of the West's most important landmarks, one of the most important works of art in the history of Western civilization is currently being destroyed. It is burning to the ground. I just looked up on the the Wikipedia page for Notre Dame The Wikipedia page now says Notre Dame Cathedral was a medieval Catholic cathedral on the Ile de la Cité in Paris. Was. This is just in the last few minutes that's being reported. We will update you uh, as news comes in. Uh, It's being reported now as probably an accident. The only reason that terrorism seems possible, one, is because there have been a lot of other terrorist attacks in Europe and especially in France on important places. Also because today is the first day of Holy Week. Today is the Monday of Holy Week. Holy Week leads into the Passion, Good Friday, and Easter Sunday. To attack the Cathedral of Our Lady, that's what Notre Dame means, at the beginning of Holy Week would have a lot of significance. Even if it is just an accident, it certainly has a lot of significance to Christians around the world, obviously to the people of France. We'll keep you posted on that that little bit of violence. Uh, As for more broadly speaking, political violence in the United States, I guess, I guess I'm the story today at least, uh, because there was this event last Thursday at the University of Missouri, Kansas City. Many of you watched it. I was invited to give a lecture there on the topic. Men are not women. Pretty basic topic. If you took a time machine back to five years ago, and told people that that would be a controversial topic in five years, they would laugh in your face. So I go there and I give this talk. I try to give this talk. From the very beginning, there was a group of about a dozen leftists screaming like banshees, screaming so loudly the other people in the room could not hear it some of the people on video could hear because I was speaking directly into a microphone that was being broadcast. People in the room couldn't because these leftists screamed like hyenas for consistently for about 20 minutes. Eventually they get up and they go to leave and they're screaming all these crazy things at me. And then from behind me, out of my periphery, some leftist thug wearing a face mask, the bandana comes in and he squirts some unknown chemical at me, which had a very strong smell and it had a weird color. What he didn't realize is that the police were right by that door. They dropped him to the ground in a matter of seconds. They arrested him very quickly. He was fighting back. He he did not count on there being any consequences to this. So I went on. I made some jokes about it and tried to per, per, push on with the speech. It was first then reported that it was paint that the guy tried to spray on me. That's kind of what I thought it was. Then a lot of people in the room who were closer to where the super soaker full of this chemical was was were reporting that it was bleach. So uh, obviously it seems like the authorities in the room thought that this could be a dangerous chemical, which is why they responded so quickly. It later found out, or we we later found out, it was non-toxic household chemicals. It seems pretty clear that the kid, this, this attacker was trying to give the impression that it was some sort of dangerous chemical, but he wanted to avoid multiple felonies on his record. So probably that was smart for him. Regardless, the the point of this is pretty clear. First of all, it could have been anything that he was hurling onto a conservative speaker. And what it really seems to be is a warning shot, which is that if you don't shut up, if you don't kowtow to leftist orthodoxy, you will be intimidated, you'll be shouted down, and ultimately you'll be physically attacked. Don't forget, they didn't start out trying to physically attack me. They started out just trying to scream me down and hoping that I would leave and shut up. When, only when I didn't do that did this guy bust in and try to hurl some liquid on me. That was the ultimate point. So we know that this kind of violence has happened at universities. I'm not the first conservative speaker to be attacked. Charles Murray's been attacked. I think Christina Hoff Summers was attacked. This has happened at other places. The more shocking thing here was the response. The response of the university, the chancellor of the University of Missouri, Kansas City, Molly Agrawal, and the response of the Kansas City Star, and the mainstream media more broadly. What the left is doing here is trying to equate violence with nonviolence. That's the big takeaway. They've been doing it not just to me in this story. Over the past three days, they've done it to President Trump. They've done it to Dan Crenshaw. They're trying to equate violence with nonviolence. The university's reaction, next morning, a letter comes out from the chancellor's office. I expect there to be an apology to an invited speaker who was harassed and then assaulted. No, no, no. Here's the letter from Chancellor Molly Agrawal. A student group brought a speaker to campus, a speaker whose professed opinions do not align with our commitment to diversity and inclusion and our goal of providing a welcoming environment to all people, particularly to our LGBT community. First of all, what's my stated opinion? The topic of the speech is men are not women. The university doesn't agree with that? The university thinks men are women? Also, the irony, they said this this doesn't speak to our values of diversity. I'm the only one talking about diversity. I'm saying there's a diversity of sexes. I'm saying there's diversity between men and women. You're the one saying that the sexes are completely homogenous. There's no such thing as women. There's only one sex. We're all the same. There's no difference between men and women. But more broadly, this guy opens up his letter not by condemning violence on campus, not by condemning the heckler's veto and these banshee behaving students who should be expelled from the university. No, no, no. He opens up the letter by baselessly smearing the invited speaker as some sort of bigot. He said, my opinions are not welcoming to the LGBT community. I'm some sort of anti-gay bigot. Now, does he cite any of the opinions that are apparently so bigoted? No, of course not, because he can't. What could he say? But that's how he begins. So so you can see where the letter is going to go from there. He says, Upon learning of this speaker's visit, members of the UMKC community responded in the best way by organizing and conducting a counter event across campus Thursday afternoon focused on positive messages about diversity and inclusion. First of all, that's not the best way to respond the best way would be to go and listen to the speaker and then at a different time hold another event where people who disagree with you will go and then you will discuss these differing ideas and people can come to their own conclusions. But to try to just distract from the event and try to pull people away from that, that actually isn't the best way to respond. He goes on. Even during the speech, some peaceful protesters stood and expressed disagreement with the speaker's views. Then, unfortunately, some others crossed a line. No, no. What happened during the speech is from the very moment that I started to speak, these activists shrieked so loudly that nobody could hear the speech. If a university chancellor believes that that is one of the best ways to respond, then he is a disgrace to higher education. Molly Agrawal is a disgrace. To American higher education, to liberal education. He should resign. He should be pressured by the trustees and the alumni and the governor and the students to resign. That is an outrage. What he is saying in that letter is that the best way to engage with ideas that we might not understand or that we might think that we disagree with or that we maybe never have heard before is to scream at the top of our lungs like little children, like toddlers, until they are cowered and intimidated into leaving. Molly Agrawal, the chancellor of UMKC, should resign. Or else the trustees, the alumni, and the governor are sending a message to every other college in the country that it's perfectly fine to shout down speakers and to shout down views that are not trendy or faddish at the time. A lot more to get to, but first, paid for by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, NHTSA is working hard to combat texting while driving. Cops are writing tickets for people who text while driving. You drive, you text, you pay. Thousands of people die every year in crashes related to distracted driving. And cops are writing tickets for people who text while driving. Texting and driving isn't just a dangerous problem. It is deadly. In fact, thousands of people die every year in crashes related to distracted driving. That's why cops are out writing tickets to those who text while driving, and they're doing it to save lives. 20,000 people died between 2012 and 2017 in crashes involving a distracted driver. Think about how stupid you would feel if you died because you had to send some emoji to your buddy. Imagine how stupid you would feel. And imagine how much worse you would feel if you caused harm to somebody else, if you, God forbid, killed somebody else because you had to send one text. Don't do it. If you text while driving, you will get caught. You drive, you text, you pay. It's not just dangerous, it is deadly. When you drive while distracted, you're three times more likely to crash. Far too many people still don't recognize those dangers. When you take your eyes off the road to text for five seconds at 55 miles an hour, that is like driving more than the length of a football field with your eyes closed. If you text while driving, you will get caught, you drive, you text, you pay. So this disgrace to higher education, Molly Agrawal, goes on. After defending the heckler's veto, after baselessly smearing an invited speaker as some sort of bigot, he goes on. Imagine this. Imagine the message this university is sending out. To say, hey, speakers, we'd like you to come to campus. We'd like you to fly across the country, take time out of your schedules to come here and give a speech. Oh, and by the way, we're going to defend harassment and the heckler's veto, we're not really going to condemn political violence, at least not primarily. And we'll get to that eventually, maybe. And by the way, we're going to baselessly smear you as a bigot. But come on, that's, that's what the university's for. He goes on, he says, UMKC must maintain a safe environment in which all points of view, even extreme ones, are allowed to be heard. I, I mention this one because in 2019... The the opinion that men are not women is an extreme point of view. We hear a lot of sort of moral equivalence between the left and the right. Oh, well, you know, the left, they do their crazy things. and the right, they do their crazy things. And oh, come on, it's not. No, 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 no. The left is saying, a, a chancellor of an American university, a state university, who is a left winger, is saying, that the point of view that men are not women is extreme, and then the right is saying men are not women. Those are not equally extreme, crazy viewpoints. One of those is radical, and the other is common sense. No equivalence whatsoever. He says... We continue to urge everyone in our UMKC community and the broader community to stay true to our values in the face of provocation. Provocation. Listen to these words. And to respond to bias and intolerance with reason and courage. To hardened attitudes with open minds and honest questions. To false statements with calm, fact-based challenges. Listen to what this disgrace does in this letter. He, he says that the students need to respond to provocation in this way. As though I was begging to go visit UMKC. I was begging to fly across the country to give the lecture. Please, let me come. Please. I'll pay you. Let me come. I was invited to the school. Your school, Molly Agrawal, the school that you represent, invited me to come. That's not provocation. You provoked me, if anything provocation you invited me to speak on a specific topic which i then did and and for that grave mistake that i apparently made taking moliagrewall it is uh, on face value for that for that crazy mistake i was harassed and physically assaulted and then smeared as a bigot and then speared, smeared as a provocateur and then smeared as an extremist because i don't think men and women are exactly the same Bias and intolerance, that's how he describes men are not women. Hardened attitude, that's how he describes a guy giving what is actually basically a fairly boring speech because it's on a very basic topic. That's the hardened attitude. But the lunatics shrieking and assaulting people, that's, no, that's open-minded. That's nice. And a false statement. Men are not women, according to this disgrace, is a false statement. His reaction, obviously ridiculous. The mainstream media's reaction, even worse. Even worse. The Kansas City Star, I didn't realize how insanely left-wing this newspaper is, because you sometimes think, okay, the main outlets, NBC, CBS, the cable outlets, CNN, MSNBC, those are going to be really left-wing. Local news, they don't have as much of a bias. The Kansas City Star is a more radical left-wing outlet than any I have seen in the country any mainstream. This is how they covered it. They said, quote, protester arrested during speaker's anti-transgender talk at UMKC. Anti-transgender talk. Apparently the statement, men are not women, is now an anti-transgender talk. ABC News said the same thing. Student charged over protest at anti-transgender speech. So you see the picture they're painting that I'm some sort of hateful bigot who wants to target people because of some psychological issue they have. Anti-transgender. Now, of course, none of these can quote a single line from the speech to back up their libel, their defamation, their smears, their dirt. You know why they can't do that? Because it's not there. So they have to make it up and they have to insinuate. And then they move on. The Associated Press did the same thing, anti-transgender. So they set this up with this completely baseless narrative of bigotry. And then, then they move on to the next step, which is reversing the responsibility for the attack. So the Kansas City Star says, conservative commentator, Michael Knowles, inflamed students when he spoke at University of Missouri, Kansas City on April 11th. So you see, it's not that leftist lunatics attacked a speaker who was giving a speech he was invited to give. No, no, no. I have the active verb here. I inflamed the students. it it's even got the word flame in it. That sounds pretty dangerous. They do this because they need to equate speech with violence. They need to equate speech with violence because they need to justify their violence. If I was just giving a talk on a very common sense topic and then some guy assaults me, well, that doesn't look very good for the left, does it? But if I was inflaming students by saying that men are not women, well, then it justifies his violence. This is the flip side of this classic line we hear, conservatives pounce. Conservatives pounce. What do they pounce on? What do they seize on? They put the responsibility on me. The Kansas City store is saying, that I deserved it. By the way, we have a clip of it. Here is, here's what happened. I was trying to give the speech. A lot of these students are walking out and then all of a sudden this lunatic bumps in and tries to squirt me with some chemical. Okay, I'm laughing at their their reaction at the end. This masked lunatic comes in with this squirt gun full of we didn't know what chemical, and shoots it at me. And then the cops thankfully take him down. And then they start yelling, "Hands up, don't shoot!" Not at the guy who shot the thing out of the squirt gun, but at at the cops who were taking him down. The masked assailant, and they were using a line. That never happened in the first place. Hands up, don't shoot. This was a fiction pushed by the violent left to gin up sentiment against cops who they said wrongly shot Michael Brown. When was that? 2015. Total fiction. Did not happen. Read the grand jury report. But that's the power of a narrative. So you see there, is there any inflaming? Is there any? No, no, no. This masked lunatic... Busts in. Thankfully, the cops take him down. You see it on the video. There's video of it everywhere. Okay. Then the KC star goes on. Kansas City star says, protester at right-wing UMKC event arrested. But was the speaker hoping for a disruption? Young woman wearing a short skirt was raped, but was she asking for it? That's what they're saying. That is the exact logical progression that the Kansas city star is saying Mike Fannin is the editor of the Kansas city star. That's what he's saying. Hey, Michael, your shirt was awful scor- Your shirt, your skirt was awful short. Weren't you asking for it? Weren't you hoping to be a? yeah, you probably loved it. You probably loved having a masked assailant come in and squirt you with an unknown, strange smelling, weird colored chemical. You probably loved that, huh? Mike Fannin, Kansas City Star editor, he said, he starts out, quote, an anti-transgender speech delivered at the University of Missouri, Kansas City, was orchestrated by an outside conservative group attempting to cause disruption, student leaders said Friday. Now, I was there. I remember I got the invitation. and all. None of that is true. Not only is none of that true, it's all demonstrably false. One, the speech was not derogatory toward any transgender people. It was not orchestrated by an outside conservative group. We were invited by student conservatives on campus. They weren't attempting to cause disruption. We were going to hold a private event where we were lecturing on this topic that men are not women. We didn't tell the, the uh, assailants that they had to come in and shoot us with chemicals. We didn't tell people they had to come in and scream like banshees the whole time. But the Kansas City Star says, well, some student leaders said that. And so, I don't know. I mean, they said it. So if they said it, right? I mean, we don't care if it's true. We're not journalists. We're propagandists for the extreme left. Mike Fannin, Kansas City Star. This was an event to make us look bad, said Justice Horn, who is the first black, openly gay president of the UMKC student body. Okay. Okay. They used our platform, they used our name to bolster themselves. Horn said he believes a right-leaning outside group targeted UMKC as a place of diversity and inclusion in an effort to polarize the campus and make it appear intolerant. (laughs) We made them appear. (laughs) We We made them appear to be masked assailants shooting chemicals at invited guests. We made them appear to be screaming hyenas who cannot tolerate any lecture going on that contradicts their orthodoxy. So they have to come show up to these other people's lecture and scream and shout the whole time. And we I guess we made them do it. It's probably selectively edited video, right? Isn't that right? It's probably, it's probably deceptive, right? No, I, it's on video. You can see it, but this is what they do. They can't take responsibility for anything. So they say, Oh, you made us. You made us appear intolerant. I, you, we didn't have to make you appear intolerant. You did just fine all by yourself. As it, it goes on. Kansas City Star. Mike Fannin's the editor. About 20 minutes into Knowles's speech, laced with disparaging comments about transgender people, audience members began to boo. Again, that isn't true. The, the heckling and the harassing and the shouting and the screaming started immediately. Also show me one disparaging comment about a transgender person in my speech. Show me one comment. Mike Fannin, editor of the Kansas City Star. Total hack. None. And then, so after all of that, after they tried to put the blame on student conservatives who invited me to come speak, on the people who were just peacefully trying to listen to the lecture, and on me, who got squirted with some unknown chemical— After trying to say that it was actually our fault, because we were asking for it, because we were wearing short skirts or something, after all that, then they just try to mock us. So this is my favorite one. Again, Kansas City Star Editorial Board. Mike Fannin's the editor. At UMKC, a D-list conservative was sad to be squirted with the makings of a bubble bath. You see, because it was non-toxic household chemicals. So it was the makings of a bubble. I was sad. D-list conservative. By the way, I've always prided myself on being a C-list conservative. All right. I've worked very hard in my life to be a C-list conservative. Call me a D-list conservative. D-list conservative, first of all, by the way, apparently I'm a prominent enough conservative for the Kansas City Star to write three separate editorials and op-eds in one day, trying to deride campus conservatives, trying to smear us as bigots and also publishing Obvious untruths. I wonder if there's any legal consequence to publishing untruths about people that are defamatory. I don't know, I wonder. Gotta gotta worry about that. He goes on Knowles couldn't wait to claim victimhood. This is a tiny tit for tiny tat. It's, It's the mutual trollery referred to as the debate over free speech on campus. There's no mutual trollery. A conservative was giving a speech at a university, leftists attacked that speaker. That's not a tit for tat. That's not a tit for tat. You hacks. But this is what they do. This is, it's not just about me. We'll get to, it's not even just about the other speakers who get attacked on campuses. This goes all the way up to Congress. This goes all the way up to the White House. This is what the left has been doing for 50 years. And and we are now seeing the fruit of their ideology, which conflates speech with violence. We'll get to it in a second, but first, got to go to dailywire.com if you want to watch the rest. Ten bucks a month, $100 for an annual membership. You get me, you get the Andrew Klavan show, you get the Ben Shapiro show, you get the Matt Walsh show, you get to ask questions in the mailbag coming up on Thursday, you get to ask questions backstage, you get the Leftist Tears tumbler. This is very important. Apparently, if you're ever passing through Kansas City, you're going to want to have your Leftist Tears Tumblr with you. This is very very important stuff. I figured state of Missouri, you know, pretty normal state. Apparently not. Apparently there are a lot of leftist lunatics there. You got to make sure you have your leftist ears tumbler. We'll be right back with a lot more. So the left conflates speech with violence. We see this in the language they use. They talk about safe spaces. We need safe spaces. Now, it's not safe from physical violence, you know, actual violence. No, no. Safe spaces are safe from opinions that certain people don't like, realities that certain people don't like. But it, you need safe, not just, oh, I don't know, intellectually homogenous spaces, not just politically correct spaces, no. No safe spaces because the implication here is that if you have an opinion that is not in line with trends or fads or leftist orthodoxy then you are actually committing violence and this brings us to probably the biggest national story right now which is the sad case of Elon Omar Elon Omar is a terrible person Elon Omar Regularly defends terrorists, terrorist organizations, and she downplays terrorist actions. Some people have criticized her for this, like the president, like Congressman Dan Crenshaw, a great guy, like me, like other people. They've criticized her for defending terrorists, defending terrorist organizations, and downplaying terrorist attacks. And now the left is trying to say that that very criticism is violence, that that very criticism is inciting violence. They're saying that if you don't even criticize her, but you just show Ilan Omar using her own words, that that is inciting violence. If you show this video, according to the left, you're inciting violence. CARE was founded after 9-11 because they recognized that some people did something and that all of us were starting to lose access to our civil liberties. 9-11, 3,000 American civilians killed. Ilan Omar, member of Congress, says that some people did something. If you show this video of Ilan Omar, you are now, according to the left, inciting violence against Ilan Omar. Every time the, the, the professor said al-Qaeda, he sort of, like, his shoulders yeah. went up and, you know. Yeah, he's in command here. Like, yeah. Al-Qaeda, you know, hospital. He's up, an and expert. It <laughs> 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 and it was, you know. What's his name? We are not saying his name. Uh, yeah, you, you probably get to see him on, on CNN. On uh, yeah, of videos. course. I love those guys. But, you know, but, but, but it, is, it is that you don't say America with an yeah. intensity. You yeah. don't say England with yeah. an intensity. You yeah. know, you don't, you don't say um, the army with an intensity. Qaeda. <laughs> but you say these, these names because you, you want that, that word to carry weight. So not only does Ilan Omar say the words Hezbollah and Al-Qaeda with giddiness, laughing. Hezbollah, Al Qaeda. (laughs) But then, lest you think she's being taken out of context, she makes her point very clear. She says, you don't say America and England and the army the same way that you say Hezbollah and Al Qaeda. Right. Because Hezbollah and Al Qaeda are terrorist organizations. And America is the greatest country in the history of the world. Which comes from England, another one of the greatest countries in the history of the world. It's protected by the army, which protects the greatest country in the history of the world. What Ilan Omar is saying is America, England, the army, Al Qaeda, Hamas, they're all basically kind of the same thing. That's why it's so strange that you say them differently. we all say them differently than she does because she's giddy when she says Al-Qaeda and Hamas. She's laughing. Now, according to the left, to point that out, to show a video of her speaking is inciting violence against Ilhan Omar. Sounds like Ilhan Omar is inciting violence against herself, but actually she's not even doing that. She's just voicing an opinion, a terrible opinion, an awful opinion. But that speech is not violence. Even her saying those awful things is not inciting violence against herself. Now President Trump and Dan Crenshaw and I and like everybody else on the right, everybody, every right thinking person, every right thinking Democrat, a dwindling group of people, but there are still some of them, have roundly condemned her for these remarks and others. And now we're being told that this is inciting violence by none other than Lia Wather herself, Elizabeth Warren, Senatrix, 2020 Democrat candidate. Here she is saying, Donald Trump, by by showing a video of Ilhan Omar, is inciting violence. I have to say thank you for sending out a tweet so quickly last night defending Congressman Omar and calling out Donald Trump's bigotry towards her, which, as you put it, was inciting violence, and it's scary for me. What, what moved you to get involved so quickly on that? You know, because that's what it is. He's trying to incite violence. He's trying to divide us as a country. That's a dangerous, dangerous path to go down. And not, not who we want to be as a nation. That's a dangerous, dangerous path to go down. You see, what Donald Trump's doing Donald Trump's words are putting us on a dangerous, dangerous path. Do you see what she just did? I don't think she realized what she just did. By her argument, if criticism is inciting violence, then Elizabeth Warren just incited violence against Donald Trump. And I guess I'm criticizing Elizabeth Warren, so I guess I I incited violence against Elizabeth Warren. And If one of you out there listening or watching doesn't agree with something that I've said, I guess you're inciting violence against me. I went and I saw the latest Star Wars movie, and it was very bad. I guess I'm inciting violence against the Star Wars movie, right? I went to a restaurant the other night. I ordered a nice plate of Bucatini. I I had it. The pasta was overcooked. I guess I'm inciting violence against the chef, aren't I? No, of course not criticism is not inciting violence. But by the way, what Elizabeth Warren's saying is far more incendiary than what Donald Trump said about Ilhan Omar. What Ilana, what, what Donald Trump did was he posted a video of Ilan Omar saying that 9-11 was just some people doing something. And he said, we will never forget, never forget the 3000 people who were killed in 9-11. What Liz Warren said is that Donald Trump's putting us on a dangerous path. Which of those is more incendiary? Which of those is more likely to incite violence? Moreover, Mark Dice put together a great little run-through of left-wingers on television who apparently were not as concerned about inciting violence a year or two years ago the folks calling for civility might need to check their privilege. And 25% of the country, whether it's 25, 20, 30%, are hardcore racists. They do not want to see brown people coming into America. That's that's just what's going on here. If you vote for Trump, then you, the voter, you, not Donald Trump, are standing at the border Like Nazis, going, you here, you here. And I think we now have to flip it, and it's a given the evilness of Donald Trump. Are they just the most stoic human beings? Are they numb? Are they dead inside? We can't just do rallies. We have to fight back. There will be casualties on both sides. Anybody who votes for and supports a racist is a racist. You are culpable, white America. I'm sorry if you hold down the woman while the rapist is raping her and you didn't rape her, are you a rapist? Now, that's just harsh criticism. So, obviously, it seems by the left standard that's an incitement to violence, that is violence. But when you listen to it, it's really just harsh criticism. You're a racist. You're equivalent to a rapist. You're, yeah, you're like this, you're like this, you're like this. It's all criticism. But actually, the left doesn't even stop there. The left outright threatens violence all the time. Here's just a quick, quick little rundown. I, we could go on for 10 hours about it. Just a quick little rundown of leftists actually calling for violence. Yes, I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. You have members of your cabinet uh, that have been booed out of restaurants. You yeah. have protesters taking up at their house. He's yeah. saying, No peace, no sleep. No peace, no sleep. And guess what? We're going to win this battle. New details today on the incident that left Senator Rand Paul with six broken ribs. This might be one of my favorite stories, although, of course, we don't uh, want to. uh, Clearly, Senator Paul is still struggling. Kristen Walker, how do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? You cannot be civil. A political party that wants to destroy what you stand for, what you care about. That's why I believe if we are fortunate enough to win back the House and or the Senate, that's when civility can start again. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? Those are... Major left-wing donors, major left-wing celebrity spokesmen, major left-wing politicians, Maxine Waters and Hillary Clinton, major left-wing media figures, Casey Hunt was that, I think, on MSNBC, one of those left-wing people, one of those left-wing mainstream media talking heads. The left is more violent than the right. There is some violence among right-wingers there is much, much, much more violence on the left. And so what the left must do is equate speech with violence because there are a lot more logical arguments coming out of the right. There's a lot more civil discussion coming out of the right. And so if the, if the tools that are being used here to fight this cultural battle are on the right, generally speaking, arguments, and on the left, generally speaking, hysterics and threats and acts of violence, then the only way that the left can possibly win in the court of public opinion is to equate speech with violence. So that's what they have to do. That's what they're trying to do. It's what the Kansas City Star is doing. That's what Chancellor Molly Agrawal at the University of Missouri-Kansas City is doing. He's doing it more subtly. He's doing it more tacitly, but he's doing it nevertheless. That's what the people defending Ilan Omar are doing. Mainstream media, elected Democrats. I got to tell you, how long have I been involved in politics? How long have we been doing this show? I have no illusions about the integrity of the mainstream media. But there's really something that happens when they do an, a hit job on you personally, where you just see the lies. You can identify the lies word by word, sentence by sentence, and you say, these guys are totally corrupt. These guys are total, not only is their ideology corrupt and crooked, but their actions are too. That's what's happening here, and you have to defend the right to criticize. If we don't have the right to criticize, we don't have a republic. The Senate is known as the greatest deliberative body in the world. I know this is kind of an ironic name these days, but that's what it's supposed to be. Our republic, our ability to govern ourselves, is based on the idea that we can criticize each other, we can criticize ideas, and we can do it in a way that doesn't burn the whole country to the ground, that doesn't spark violence. And the left is increasingly incapable of certainly of accepting any criticism, but even of engaging in any ideas. Self-government is difficult. It requires maturity. It requires intellect. It requires education. And as we see on display all throughout the mainstream media, as we see on display all the way at the nation's capital, and certainly as we saw on display at the University of Missouri-Kansas City, All of those things are in short supply and shortening supply. Look to the universities. That's the future of the country. That's the next generation. Doesn't paint a very pretty picture. Just one note I'll leave you on from this mainstream media cycle. There was a story in Reuters. Headline said, Man arrested after boy falls from balcony at Minnesota's Mall of America. Boy falls from balcony, man arrested. What really happened? Reuters tells us in the first paragraph, a five-year-old boy suffered life-threatening injuries on Friday after being thrown or pushed by an apparent stranger from a third-floor balcony at Minnesota's Mall of America. Man who fled the scene has been charged with attempted homicide, police said. Shortly after the incident, police arrested a 24-year-old man inside the mall, one of the state's leading tourist attractions, after he'd fled the scene. The suspect, Emmanuel Deshawn Aranda, who is from the area, was charged with attempted homicide. So what happened is a guy pushed a kid off a balcony and nearly killed him and may have killed him. We don't know. He's apparently in very bad shape. And what does Reuters report? Man arrested after boy falls from balcony. Now, why did they report this way? If I had to guess, something tells me that the race of of the victim and the perpetrator played some role. The man who pushed the boy allegedly is a black guy, and the boy apparently is a white kid. And this is a narrative, this is a racial narrative that Reuters can, cannot permit. And so you hear this kind of ridiculous language, man arrested after boy falls from balcony in Minnesota's Mall of America. What happened? What would happen, of course, if it were, imagine if the, if the victim were a, a, an ethnic minority child And a white guy was the one who pushed him. Could you imagine? Imagine if it were a cop who, well, we know what happens when cops have, in the line of duty, injured or killed ethnic minority children or teenagers or even adults. We know know how that narrative is pushed by the mainstream media. But something like this, it just shows you how much spin, how much narrative there really is. And it gets so nasty. Why does it get so nasty? Because in the 1960s, the left insisted on a new line, a new premise. The personal is the political. The personal is the political. Previously, the political was the political, the personal was the personal. Your public life was something that was different than your private life. The nation's public life was something different than the private life. In the 1960s, they said no. Everything is about to get really, really personal. And so it becomes nasty. It becomes personal. It becomes not about ideas, not about elevated modes of behavior. It becomes about personal pushing narratives, spinning, outright lying when you have to. You've got to be on alert. You've got to be paying attention. If you didn't know it before, you cannot trust anything you read in the mainstream media. I wish that weren't the case, but it is. That's where we are. That's where the left is. And we cannot allow ourselves to be bullied and we have to fight back. And we are. People asked me if I was going to cancel the rest of my speaking tour. No way. The tour just got 10 schools longer. I'm going tomorrow night to Texas A&M with Drew Clavin. We're going to have a good time down there. And then I'm going to be at Cal State Los Angeles next Tuesday. But I'll see you before then tomorrow. In the meantime, I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. I'll see you then. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Robert Sterling. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Senior producer, Jonathan Hay. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. And our technical producer is Austin Stevens. Edited by Danny D'Amico. Audio is mixed by Dylan Case. Hair and makeup is by Jesua Olvera. Production assistant, Nick Sheehan. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2019. Hey guys, over on the Matt Wall Show today, well, the Democrats, as I'm sure you've been seeing, they're they're claiming that conservatives incite violence against Ilhan Omar by criticizing her and her uh, reprehensible comments that she made about 9-11. Well, this is just a dishonest, deceitful ploy, and it's all about shutting down free speech. That's all it's really about we're going to talk about it. Also, um, on a positive side, I want to talk about one great thing about America that I think is embodied by the reaction to, um, Tiger Woods big masters win yesterday. And finally, uh, I got a, one of the most disturbing pieces of hate mail I think I've ever received. And this is from a deranged dog lover who's upset because I criticized dogs. And, uh, I don't know. I just want to share it with you because it's, it's, it's something else. We'll do all that today over on the Matt Wall Show.